Coming up in this episode of Not So Secret Dad's Business. But the challenge for me is that if I have children with a golden parachute and they've been given everything, I would hate for my children to turn around to me and say, I'm so well looked after because mum and dad gave me everything that I wanted. And the value of earning it is so powerful. You know, it's it's no secret that things changed when every child got a ribbon for participation because the kid that won knew they won. Are you new to fatherhood? Not sure if you're dadding to your full potential? Well, you've come to the right place. Most dads aren't talking to each other about their lives as dads, like it's some kind of secret. Well, this is the podcast that takes the secret out of fatherhood. This is Not-So-Secret Dad's Business. G'day, g'day, and welcome to another episode of Not-So-Secret Dad's Business. So this week I'm bringing you another guest episode. Judge and I haven't recorded in a couple of weeks, just through personal scheduling issues, you know, we all have have uh, busy lives, but uh, hopefully we'll have another episode brought to you very, very soon. This episode, though, I sat down with a good friend of mine, Damien Piotto, and we sat down and spoke about teaching our kids resilience and problem-solving skills, teaching them about the power of earning, whether it be earning money or earning a goal that they're working towards, and how overprotection on our part by trying to shield them from adversity in life can completely undo all of that. I thought it was a great conversation, and I thought that Damien had some really great points. So without wasting any more time and mucking around, here's my conversation with Damien Piotto. G'day, Damien. How are you, man? Thanks for joining me on the show today. Yeah, thanks very much, man. I do, I do appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for having me on your podcast, man. Super excited. We've had a had a few delays with everything that's happening in the world, but we finally got here. We got there, man. That's the main thing. Well, look, I mean, I wanted to have you on my show because we clicked really well when you had me on your podcast. So you've got you've got your podcast called Apex Unleashed. And in our conversation on your show, you gave me a little bit of insight of, of what that was about. But uh, for my listeners that are just sitting there and want to know, what is your show about and what's your motivation behind it? Yeah, man, it's a, it's a great question. And, and I think it just comes down to is that, you know, I've, I've got some really core values in my life that's based around, you know, family, my children, my personal relationships and my relationship with myself, to be honest. And one of my biggest values is legacy. And we have a new, I suppose, forum, which is media, which is what we're doing here, is that there's a time now where we didn't meet our friends uh, online. We met them face-to-face. We met them at school. So once you have your friends at school and everything else, then what? So now this this, um, new generation of people have social media and technology, and we're actually networking now like we're doing here uh, via podcast. So Apex Unleashed is it's a legacy for me. It's about for me, honestly, proving to myself that 
my self-acceptance in me is that it takes a lot for you to produce, record, and then distribute podcasts about talking about topics that are important to you and for you to demonstrate that and line that all up. So for me, it was always about a challenge to myself about, you know, what sort of legacy will I have for, for myself and my family? And, and how do I have gratitude for the world I'm living in? And if I can't impart what I know to others and learn and listen, then I don't think I'm really giving myself the best chance in life to succeed, which for me, success equals freedom. And, uh, and that's really where it came from. But it, it came from a dark place. Like it didn't come from, I'm really happy, life's great. Um, you know, everything sunshine and rainbows. It, it came from a place where it was, I had to take the armour off and deal with some real hard realities. And, and it came from there. It was, it was a birthplace in a dark spot. It's funny you say that, actually, because I had a very similar experience myself. And it's a similar motivation for me was I was, I was in a spot where I was a father I don't have any friends around me. I'm from WA. So all anybody that was a close friend is 4,000 kilometers away. Yeah. You know, so I was a new dad and by myself, no one to go to and sort of, Hey man, what do you do in these situations or whatever? So I thought, well, why not start a podcast? So then I can ask the questions to other people. I can learn. And hopefully in the same time, people are listening in and, and taking stuff on board for themselves as well. So I think it's a great idea for what you've done, man. I, um, I hear you. Hey, I, um, before COVID, I don't think we realized how lucky we were to travel. Like I've got family in WA. I was born there too. And, you know, we used to, as Australians, we just, we travel to Bali, we travel to Thailand, we go overseas, we go everywhere. And then we're basically told you can't even go within, 10 kilometers of where you live or even less and that shock and that adjustment and then that lack of socialization has really impacted now it's probably impacted me more in the last four weeks than what it did in the last two years everyone's circumstances is different but i'm so glad we have this forum now because it, it teaches us something about how we communicate is that we can seek help and we can ask for help but we've got to use the forums that we're comfortable with and i'm like you you know i've I'm a father of three beautiful girls and, you know, how they communicate with me now, like my seven-year-old sends me a message from their little iPad mini and sends me videos after school when I'm at work and everything else. And it's just like, I could never imagine having that communication method, but that's all she knows. And we've got to remember that. Yeah. Isn't it bizarre? Because I, I remember as a kid, my dad telling me stories about uh, watching Buck Rogers on the TV and always wondering, oh, I wonder if man will go into space one day. Yeah. Um, and then I remember he, he mentioned something to me that when he was a kid, he said to his dad, oh, what, wouldn't it be interesting is if we were able to use the telephone and be able to see the other person that we're speaking to? And, and my grandfather went, oh, don't be ridiculous. Who would want to use something like that? You know, but again, here we are using Zoom in order to be able to have a conversation and we're looking at each other face to face. Yeah, and, and it feels like I've, I've had these conversations with people that I haven't met in person. When you meet them in person, it's like you've known them for a long time. You know, you, you can get a connection with someone and get an idea of who they are through this forum. And if it was over a phone, it probably wouldn't be the same because you can 
you know, there's so many different things you can learn, but I'm just grateful that we adapt the technology in a positive way, uh, especially when it comes around how I communicate with my, with my girls. And, and it really helps me because I share them my podcast snippets and, you know, they're, they're proud. They're like, oh, that's my dad. You just want to put a dent in the universe so you know that what you're doing every day matters to you. That makes sense. Tell me a little bit about the name and how you came up with that because you, you spoke to me a little bit about that last time we spoke and I thought it was really, really interesting way to look at things. Yeah, so so we're we're evolving as as humans, and you know we're gonna you know later this year start running you know health retreats, and there'll be three day I suppose little immersion short courses that give us an understanding and awareness of how we can help facilitate others in their growth. And apex for me and my you know vector that I've got my signal it looks like a mountain because the apex is always everyone's climbing a mountain and you have to unleash something from inside you first to go, I have the ability to scale that mountain and climb it. And it's not about getting up there first. It's not about going along the quickest path. It's about going on your path. It's about you deciding when you pull off the path and rest. When you accumulate more skills, the level of growth is up to you. And just having the awareness and understanding is that as much as people think they get to the top of their mound, which is destination happiness, is that the person you are and the person you become will never be the same, even if you walk back down that mountain. Because I want people to know is that when you get to the top of your next mountain, that you are now at the bottom of a new one. And a great quote that was given to me very recently, and I'm shamelessly plugging it, is that no person arrives at the same river and walks through the same river the same person because it's not the same river and it's not the same person because the water's different and you've changed. So you can be at the same point, but in a completely different space. And we resonate that is that, you know, when I think about being a dad and how the three girls, their sleeping patterns, when they were, when they were toilet trained, you know, when they first started school, uh, how they interact with other kids, when they had their benchmarks, when they're, when can they actually walk up, you know, those little stairs themselves and go down the slides on their own? It's like they do things at their own pace. But as adults, there's somewhere in the world, there's an expectation where people are placing something on you and you have so much information where you're comparing yourself to so many other people is that I reckon 3% of people are climbing their own mountain in the world. And I say 3% not to generalise. There's a lot of people climbing mountains for the sake of climbing mountains. Like, there's doctors that are going to work that are helping other people that are miserable because it's not their passion. And it's just, it's about unlocking that within yourself and not just going, well, I don't like what I'm doing today. So I'm just going to pull the pin and move on to something else. It's about being tactical and real about where you want to be with your life and where you want to go. Yeah. It makes sense. I like that. It, it means really you've got to, you've got to earn what, what you're working for. You've got to work for something, right? And, and I guess this brings us on to what we're going to talk about today was, was yep. you mentioned to me recently that there's a very big difference between, say, our generation and, and the coming generations where I, and I, I do feel this, that maybe we were the last generation that knew what it was to work for something and earn something. Yep. And, and now a lot of stuff is instantaneous 
thanks to the yep. internet and all that, Amazon Prime and everything. And so I feel, and I think you, you'll you agree with me here, is that the, the next generation feels like everything should be given to them. Oh, look, I'm very passionate about this, is that, you know, I want my girls to grow up and come to me and say, Dad, I've got this opportunity. Can you help support me with it? And, you know, whether it's a financial resource for study or a business or something else, and have the ability to say yes because it's there, right? But the challenge for me is that if I have children with a golden parachute and they've been given everything, I would hate for my children to turn around to me and say, I'm so well looked after because mum and dad gave me everything that I wanted. And the value of earning it is so powerful. You know, it's it's no secret that things changed when every child got a ribbon for participation because the kid that won knew they won. And, you know, my daughter plays netball. She's very competitive. They don't score. All the kids know the score. All the kids know the, the best players and the kids know the other players that are playing equal amount of time, depending on their skill, when the good players are off the court, what are the other players saying? Hey, can you come on? We need your help. Because that, that matters is that if you don't earn what you have and it's given to you, you may have stuff, but you don't appreciate it to the level of someone that's earned it. And striking that balance, I think, is really tough, especially for men of our generation, because our fathers didn't tell us that they were proud of us. They expected it of us. So having an expectation of you need to earn everything you've got as opposed to being given everything, the balance there, man, I don't have an answer, I'll be honest, but it's about learning little lessons with your children and just giving them a little piece of snippets about what they need and what they want. It's like it's easy for me to go to the shops when the girls want a treat and say, can I have this and say no. It's like, you know what, you can have that if you earn it. And those little lessons stacked up that helps yeah absolutely i have found as of as of late anyway and i think maybe the internet is the issue here is that because everything is instantaneous you know that there there is that expectation to have it given to you but um i was thinking about this today when i was a teenager say 13 14 i wanted to buy something what it was, it eludes me right now. But obviously, I was told, well, you've got to work for it. Go do some chores and earn some money. And it wasn't the household chores because I was expected to keep my room clean. I was expected to help with dishes. I was expected to help on Saturdays and clean the house. That was an expectation. You know, I had to do extra chores like chop the wood every weekend or, or mow the lawn every weekend. I quite often would grab a bucket of water and a sponge and I'd wander the neighbourhood, see if somebody would want their car washed and not even say, hey, look, it's 10 bucks for me to wash your car. I'd say, hey, can I wash your car? Give me what you think it's worth once I'm done. And there are a couple of times I walked away empty-handed. But, you know, that's just the roll of the dice. But in the end, I ended up earning that money and bought what I wanted to buy. You know, And I don't see a lot of kids now with that same sort of drive or that same sort of hustle. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, my girls want to be YouTubers and TikTok, uh, you know, uh, video content creators and all that. And I understand social media has a forum and I'm, I'm slowly embracing it as a tool for business. But it's sad that you drive past the parks and no one's there. 
you know, no kids are like, I remember cleaning gutters and, you know, selling raffle tickets for your sporting club and all those little things is that, you know, I'm going to, I'll be doing a podcast with a separate topic that everyone needs to do direct sales at some stage in their life to understand that communication with people is super important is that you don't get paid in sales because you're offering a product is that you're actually providing a solution, identifying the problem. And you're the one that can provide the difference in point A to point B in a transaction, which is why you're getting paid and moving forward. You know, Oh, oh, Look, I don't want to be controversial, but I, I say this with all the love in the world. Our kids don't have resilience because a lot of parents still call their parents to get the solution for their problems. So if my children see me with it having an issue and I get upset and I go to the bottle shop and I drink a bottle of wine and then I call my parents and say, I've got this problem, solve it. What are your kids learning? Exactly. They can always go straight back to you and go, hey, fix this for me. Because what did they, like, this is the thing. Our kids are always watching us and I don't get things right all the time. No one does. We all make mistakes. But one of the things that I, you know, always say is that I would, I understand people use leverage to start a business and borrow money if they can't get it from a business, right? And borrow money from other people. But what type of person are you to have the resilience and the awareness and the understanding is that if I can, you know, raise capital, crowdsource, fund, do all that. And I'm doing it with my children are watching me and they can see the effort and the energy that gets put in and goes, oh, well, daddy doesn't wear a suit and tie and go to work and we have all this nice stuff and I don't know what he does. But they see the resistance in life. We, I think we protect our children too much sometimes is that they, they need to see that resistance. You don't need to see, you know, things that are terrible and manipulative and all that, but, there's, there's a part in life where resistance is natural. Everyone says, I, I can't go past a feed on Facebook or Instagram where people talk about life's hard and it's about yeah. the challenges and adversity. But if we, if we shield our children from every adversity and every problem, they're going to turn into adults not knowing that there's problems in the world. And there's little wonder that as a, you know, I say this tongue-in-cheek, but I, I, I was there today helping a person that's, you know, in their late 30s, they still can't do something for themselves. And it does make me question their character. And how do you how do you get respect in the world if you don't solve your own problems? Because you don't respect yourself. It's it's I, I think it's it's a you know it's no surprise that our counselors and that you know allied health professionals have never been busier because there's all these people with mental health problems still trying to work out how to deal with their own problems because they, they haven't built up the tolerance to hardship. And you and I, mate, like if we if we went through our scorecard of all the shit that we've had to go through to be where we are now having this conversation, like I'd high-five myself. But in a previous world, I would want someone else to high-five me to validate me because I didn't have the validation within me. And how do your kids learn that? Now, I just I just think it's it's a rabbit hole that we can never, I suppose, never truly appreciate how deep it is until we've gone through this stuff and scaled our mountains and, and gone through those things. And I, and I used, I use a key word that I listened to a friend of mine talks about anchoring. What anchoring thoughts do your children want to have when they look back, when they're adults and remember, we talk about dads here. What was my dad like on the weekend? Was he crank? Was he cranky? 
Was he angry? Was he tired? Did he spend time with me? Was he watching TV? Was he eating shit food and drinking and, you know, being absent and getting annoyed at me every time I move something? And like, what sort of dad do you want to be? You know, and I think about that. There's so many times where it's like, I'm annoyed with life, but I don't want to take it out of my kids. And when you do, because you do do that, you're like, oh man, you know, I need to earn their respect back because, you know, then I'm entitled to think, and this is where the opposite is. So I'm entitled to think as a parent that my children must spend time with me no matter what mood I'm in. That's not fair. It goes both ways. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's one thing I think about when I'm parenting my son as well, is I actively put, I'm all the time, do it all the time, put myself in his shoes. So if I'm behaving a certain way, I think, well, how would, how would I have felt if I was in his position and that was my dad, right? And, and, and so quite often I react, and that's what you were talking about there, where you just sort of snap. You know, sometimes we don't respond to our children, we, we react. And after that reaction, there is some sort of, there's a moment there where you sort of contemplate how you've just carried on like a pork chop, you know? And I think there's a lot of strength and a lot of a lot for our kids to learn in the act of apologizing to them. Because I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I thought adults were infallible. I thought they knew it all. And, you know, it was it was a lot of, but why? Because I told you so. Right. So I just thought that adults knew it all. And now I'm an an adult. And I still feel like a kid because I'm going, I don't fucking know it all. Like yeah. I'm, st- I'm working all this out on the fly. And you're not meant to. Like the two sayings my father, you know, I was talking to, I saw him today. And, um, you know, it still resonates with me to this day is that, you know, he's, he's in his 60s now and he's, you know, he's not, uh, he literally was six foot tall and bulletproof when I was a kid because, you know, he was pushing cars up hills. He's still a big, strong man. but not to the level he once was, but I still look at him like that, you know, and his conversation is like, well, and you're in my house until you're in your own house, you'll do what you're told because you're under my roof. Mm -hmm. But what he was teaching me is that you're under my protection, you know, as well. And my provisioning, right. And all those lessons that you learn as, as a man from a father with a strong role model. And again, going back to is that we live in a world where there's a lot of single parent families where there's either too much you know there isn't the provisioning and protection people are really struggling there there isn't that male role model to understand right from wrong is that you know when the rubber meets the road is that all the daughter wants from her dad is to know that he's got her and to be held in his arms when she needs him and she needs to know that that phone call is always there no matter what no matter how old she gets now if that relationship isn't there then what is what does she have? She has this yearning and and missing and this void in her life, uh, and and that's one thing that I really I really struggle with is that, you know, I I live in a world where I'm in a co-parenting situation and it's far from ideal from what I want, but all I can do is teach them what I know when they're with me, and I, I say this openly is that I love the fact that I don't consider myself a perfect parent that gets things right is that I do have moments and I do react and I do, you know, say things that I would go, oh, maybe they've taken it this way. What do I do? But you can have the open relationship and ask the question about, 
you know, how did that make you feel? And they give you the answer. Oh, you're annoying me. I didn't like that. Because that's, that's the other thing was that if you can have that understanding with your children, that really matters. And man, I, I love what you're, you're talking about is that, you know, I don't know everything. The pressure we put on ourselves is so hard is that we feel like we can't do anything wrong, but that's where the growth is. And, and wouldn't you agree that if we, if we one day woke up and said, today's the day that I'm going to commence project me 2.0, that that influence on your child would be greater than you being like, well, you need to be a better child because I'm your parent and I pay for you to live here, which that's what I got told when I was a kid. You know, I, I'm supporting you. I'm paying for everything. So you'll do things my way. It's just like empowerment's a wonderful thing is that, you know, I, I really, I, I really have this scarcity mentality with well-adjusted kids in the world. And um, no child gets out of their childhood unscathed with some sort of trauma bonding that they've got from their experiences. We just, it's unavoidable. Um, so don't cocoon your kids. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge sphere. And we just need to understand is that there's forums like yourself that really help people understand and give awareness that we're all, we're all in it together and we're unified. We're, we're all here for each other. Yeah. Well, one thing I want to ask you here then is what do you think we can sort of do in order to create these well-rounded level-headed kids you know, because there is a, a great risk of overcompensation and wrapping them in cotton wool and bubble wrap under the guise of protection. So, you know, what do you feel we could do in order to, one, not overcompensate, but still have relatively good, well-rounded people growing up and going out in, into the world? And that's easy. It's, it's, it's how does your child feel safe? Is that... How does a child feel comfortable that when they get tucked into bed and they get a kiss on the head uh, from their dad that they feel safe? That, you know, the the thing that I enjoy the most when it comes to having well-adjusted kids is that how do they feel loved by their parent? How do you not? And it's very simple for me. Like, it might not be obvious, but to have a child that feels safe means that they genuinely feel loved by their parent. Now, the feeling of love with a parent and child is it's the most, it is unconditional because no matter what, as that parent, you love your child no matter what. And it costs you nothing to prove that. And it's availability. And it's that ability to that when a child goes at 6.30 at night, you've had a big day at work or whatever, and they go, can you come and read me a book? Get off your ass, read them three pages, pat them on the head, tell them you love them. If they say, come lie with me for two minutes, lie with them for a couple of minutes. You know, children have love languages too. You know, my, my older children have different love languages, you know, and it's just being able to, to make them feel safe in the environment that, that they need is that, you know, this is where I, I, I will say most definitely that I'm probably contradicting myself is that there are certain things with, with especially with, with parents, is that there are some things you shouldn't say no about. A child wants your attention and they're not doing it in a way that's disruptive and it's respectful, you shouldn't say no because if they have the boldness to ask you 
you've created a safe environment. If you want to maintain that safe environment, then say yes to those little things. You know, it's, oh, can you just help help dry me? Can you get any other little things, make their beds, have their pyjamas out, cook their favourite meals and snacks and, and little things like that? Is that making a child feel safe doing those little things? That matters, you know. You know, it's, it's interesting is that my girls are sticklers for the rules. I cannot move my car without them having their seatbelts on. And if I roll back and one of them aren't buckled in, they both stop, we're going to do this. So instead of rolling off going, girls, are your seatbelts in? That helps them feel safe and secure because that's what they need. You know, that's, that's the simplicity of it is that it's not about taking them to Disneyland when COVID ends and giving them the big trips because those experiences matter. But those moments of how they're treated day to day, just like in your personal relationships, the thing is those little moments never end no matter how old they get. You know, taking them on their little coffee dates or even with your little bro dates, going for a bike ride and doing that. When you say, son, we're going to ride the bike unless it's raining and you go, man, that little dude's going to feel safe and his dad's going to be his superhero no matter what. Yeah, and see, that's a funny one is that, Broken promises are a close one for me as well. That's one thing I'm still trying to heal and, and grow upon because I don't want to pass that on to my son, you know, but it is really important. The impact is bigger than we may realise for sure. Yeah, oh, man, I, I've I've listened. I wasn't, I was fortunate is that, you know, my father was very straightforward. Son, I want you to play sport. You're really good at it. I'm not always going to be there. We're going to have to get other parents to take you. But when I'm there, most vocal supporter on the field, you know, supporting, encouraging, doing all that. But, hey, I can't always be there. Um, but set set the boundary, set the expectation. We are going to do these things, you know, like for my middle daughter. I can be there till half time. Is way better than half time saying, hey, I've got to go. I've got stuff to do. Man, it's just like you took the effort, you came, you came to when you did and then you left when you had to. Thank you for making the effort, man. This is this is the stuff that, you know why people don't talk about this stuff? Because no matter what you say, the judgment of what you, you can't stay the full game, it's like the half cup, a half half full cup. Mm -hmm. So glad you came till half time. People are going to have a different perception of that. And, you know, I'm, I'm really reminded by some real, I suppose, key things that have happened in the last few years is that, you ask your child what was a favourite thing you've done on the weekend, I can't tell you. But if there's a Christmas event or there's something that happens or there's, you know, something that's valuable and important to them, they will tell you in time to know that it was a memorable event. So we have the Adventure Challenge book. And those photos that we take when we do those challenges, it is the most exciting thing that they do because they just look forward to it. That's, that's the stuff that matters to them. So we do it and we don't complain. And amount of times I've, I've had to go and drive them or take them on a bus to go swimming or to the park or something else. And honestly, man, I'm just like, okay. But you don't let them know that that's how you feel. You just do it because you don't have children to sit on the couch having them complain that they're bored. Again, I think with the internet and TikTok and social media as it is as well, YouTube, everything that comes along with it. Again, like you were saying earlier, the parks are always empty, you know, because 
it's a different generation. We were out there climbing trees and digging in creeks and catching tadpoles. rocks at each other just because that was what we had. <laughs> that's what we had, you know. And so, yeah, there is a lot more of that. So I think it's a great idea to actually get the kids out and and do like an activity like that. Go out and take photos and and see if you can get a cool photo opportunity or something like that. That's a great idea, man. Yeah. I was um I was in the library yesterday and when I was a kid, I wouldn't dare speak in the library. Even I had a call come through, it was on silent. I text them back, I'll be a couple of minutes, walk out of the library, have a conversation. The kids now, like I'm angry because I'm like they're talking at the top of their lungs. Like the, the library's not a quiet place anymore. And it's the generation that's, you know, you talk about those maybe 15 to 20-year-olds just specifying a range. It's just like, oh, a library's not, a library's a place to socialise now. It's not just to, you know, do things and be quiet. Like no one's shushing that person. I remember going to a library and getting shushed. And I was just like, you remember that. You're like, okay, this is an area where I have to, uh, you know, in this forum, this is what I do. There's none of that now. There's there's so many different ways. And the internet, this is where the internet is to blame. If I need to go find someone to seek validation, to justify my behaviour, to say it's correct, you will find a group of people that support you. Now, that is dangerous because those people in the same situation might think it's all okay because it suits their narrative, but they don't ever consider what it's like. And, and I always say this, that I only, I only know this now is that do I consider how other people feel in that situation? And if the answer is no, then I'm like, man, I had to be honest. I was part of that problem. And the way I was parenting, I was part of that problem, you know, because what, what was my default? My house, you do what you're told. And they didn't enjoy themselves. So you go, well, I've got to adjust because they're not going to. You know, you, you just create a divide for no reason. And, uh, you know, the library is such an interesting experience. Like I'd never thought I'd be that person that cared because if we were at a shopping centre having lunch and they were having the same conversation, I wouldn't care. Yeah. Me, when I got taught, that was sacrosanct. It's not now. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. You'd sneeze and everybody would shoot you a dirty look. I mean, I haven't been in, in a library for a long time, so I, I, I can't really say, say that I've experienced that, but that's really, really surprising, to be honest with you. It's funny, I'm starting, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm 36 and I'm starting to feel like that grumpy old man, you know, like, look at these young whippersnappers. But again, it's I don't think either the... The kids haven't changed. I don't think the kids have changed at all. It's how we've changed, you know, like the parenting has changed. And so I think that's what is is resulting in all of this now. So I'll, I'll, I'll challenge people on this and I'll debate people strongly is that child-centred parenting is a road that's going to cause you greater stress down the line. Because if a child is the one that, because child-centered pairing is about the child making decision. I've been to the shops where there's a three-year-old. Honey, do you want to walk or do you want to, or do you want to get into the trolley? It's just like, well, I've got a choice to go into a trolley. I don't even think of that. It's like you're walking, you know, because it's just like which person 
three-year-old, 33-year-old, 103-year-old isn't going to take the easy option if it's given to them. Again, it's that resilience training is just like, you know, I'm, I'm happy to put the girls in the trolley for fun. But there's also a time and a place when they have to carry the groceries inside because that's part of the role. You don't just get to swan around doing what you want and it just everything like the magician cleans everything up and goes from there. You know, there's, there's, there's a balance. And, you know, I, I often wonder the conversation is that when, you, when you're out in public, people are always observing behaviours because they want to see that what they're doing is okay. Because if you're doing things and no one else sees you, you're like, oh, maybe what I'm doing isn't right. But maybe you're the leader. And would you prefer to be a leader or a follower when it comes to being a proactive parent? Do you want to wait for someone else to be like, oh, that's okay to do? Or do you want to be the person that pats you on the back and goes, man, that's so great to see you do that. You know, that gives me the confidence to do that. I know what side, I know what side I'd rather be in. But I'd rather put myself out there too to see what the difference is. Yeah, that's right. You, you can be the litmus test, so to speak. Yeah. And, and you've got it and you do like, you know, Brene Brown is like one of the biggest mentors when it talks about vulnerability. Yeah. And if you can't be vulnerable with your children and you can't talk about, you know, all the things in life with them, they're never going to have the social awareness and construct to have those conversations with others because there's, there's something about innately having a conversation where you know what you're saying could be judged by someone else, but you feel secure enough within yourself that you're sharing something that might help and you're not worried about the judgment because, you know, I have three fears. One of them is that my children do not come across as authentic, real people, that they're entitled and fake and feel like everything should be given to them. I would feel such a failure for that. You know, even if they got given everything, even if just having that humbleness and humility, I would I would really be disappointed in myself that they were portraying themselves like that or that was their perce- the perception of other people that have that, that, that would, that would wound, man. That would hurt so bad, you know, cause I don't know about you, man, but I know many people that have more money than what they know what to do with. They are not entitled people, man. No, that's right. I agree with you, man. Well, look, thank you so much for your time today, man. But before I let you go, if people are craving, you know, just a little bit more guidance or a little more, of a better idea of a growth path, so to speak. They want to reach that apex, man. Where can they find your podcast? Yeah, man. So, so we're on all the major channels. Like we're on, we're on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're on Buzzsprout as well. Obviously on Instagram, we have apex unleashed, which is an underscore at the end. The best way to get in touch is just to slide into the DMS, uh, have a chat. Uh, we, We run a lot of, I suppose, we're more of like a personal coaching service and we're really demonstrating, you know, we're looking at a specific type of person that wants to elevate themselves. We're not for everybody because we, we are the people that challenge you to be better and we're not the sort of people that just goes for the sake of, oh, well, we, we charge this fee, you pay it, you're, you're for us. There is a selection process, but what we want to be able to share with people is that have the conversation with us. We've just opened a brand new page, so it's really exciting to be at the grassroots and just get involved in, in your, uh, I suppose, your own individual forums. And, 
you know, we've got a YouTube channel as well that is Apex Unleashed. It should be really easy to find. Jump, jump in the hashtags. And I suppose for us is that what we learn about ourselves through this whole journey makes us better. So even if you reach out and have a conversation with us, we're becoming better people because of it. So we appreciate you in advance. Mate, thank you so much. That's great. I love chatting with you, dude. And I always come away with something something new to work with and, and to sort of, even if it's just a new, perspe- a new perspective or a new tool. So thank you, man. I, I appreciate you and your enthusiasm and everything you do, dude. We're all in it together, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the show. If you want to find out more about today's guest, just check out the links in the show notes. You can follow the podcast as well on social media at Not So Secret Dads Business or on our website, notsosecretdadsbusiness.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please rate and review the show. It helps more than you realize. Until next time, guys, be the best dad you can be.